Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. I think the God that was in the Bible is still the God of today. I think the God that did miracles all throughout the New Testament is the same God we serve today. And people go, man, that's, I don't know, man, I just struggle with that. And I'm like, maybe you struggle with it because you don't believe in it. Maybe you don't see it because you're not looking for it. I told you, I went on the hardest fast of my life this week. I went on a negativity fast. That'll change your world. Because I figured, well, here's the thing. Scripture says this, that the mouth has the power to speak life and death, and you're going to eat the fruit of what you say. (sighs) All right, so I'm going to stop talking negative. You think that it's so much easier to control what you put in your mouth than to control what comes out of your mouth. Can I get a witness from somebody? And I'm going to say this, um, I'm not doing good at it. But you know what that means is the fast just got longer because I'm not going to have my flesh control my spirit. Come on. So I'm not saying you've got to do it. I'm just going to say... In a world that's so dark, I'm not going to add any darkness to it. And everything negative coming out of my mouth is, I'm, I'm not going to say it's ever going to totally stop, but it's sure as heck going to slow down in Jesus' name. So, uh, man, we're in my favorite series so far, and I say that about just about every series we do, but I don't even know, like I started this series out to end in, two, in, in the week before Father's Day. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think Satan wants to bait us into so much stuff. Um, there's an old saying, the devil made me do it. The devil doesn't make you do anything. The devil can't make you do anything. That's not the way that works. Um, but but the devil is, is very, uh, he is the king of baiting you into what you already have a tendency to do. Um, I, I used this analogy last week. Um, I used the analogy of the table. I think that the, the enemy wants to set a table up for you to eat sin off of. But it takes three things. Uh, first of all, there has to be temptation. I don't know how you get rid of temptation. I think it's always going to be there. And like, if you come up with a way to get rid of temptation, if you'll let me know, we'll write a book on it. We'll make millions of dollars and change the world. But here's what I figured out. From Genesis to Revelation, temptation is always going to be there. And I'm not going to do this because I figured out, man, I was wearing this table out and it's got to last at least three weeks because I let it drop last week. But A lot of Christians will go, I sinned because I had temptation. Temptation is not sin. Jesus got tempted, which tells me, but Jesus was the spotless lamb without sin. That tells me that temptation is not sin. Having the thought, having the the I could thing pop into your head, that is not sin. But it is a leg that sin stands on. Because there there is a natural thing that when sin pops into our head, the next thing we want to do is we want to desire to do it. Man, threading that in there is a little harder than I thought it was going to be. There you go. So if I have a temptation to do something and I have a desire to do it, I still have not set the table of sin up. People go, well, how do you change desire? Well, I know you never have, but have you ever heard of people who've drunk to excess? And I like that laugh. Um, A lot of us have gotten drunk in our life, and and we're not proud of that. Can I get an amen? Um, But anybody ever thrown up? 
Yeah, that's a feeling you won't soon forget. Like I say it and watch the look on people's face. They're like, oh man. Because generally you think of what you threw up and when you threw up. And you're like, oh. And some of us, it was a never again moment. Come on. And so you sit there. And so temptation comes. Because have you ever been at work and you thought, ooh, I'm going home and I'm having a couple drinks. Now, I'm just going to say this, man, and and I may lose some people on it. Um, I am not a pastor who says it's, that having a drink is wrong. I think if you can have a drink and stop, you're okay. Some people are afraid to amen that. It's, it is Bible. It says that drunkenness. If you, But here's the thing. If you can't stop at one, don't start with one. But I'm going to say this. Some of us, um, the, the buffet is a sin. Because we can't stop at one plate. I'm going to be honest with you. If I wouldn't look like a heel, I'd be that way at every wedding I ever preached because I would go back for a cake like 19 days. If you got good cake at your wedding, that's the only reason I do weddings. It's not because I want to honor. I'm just, I'm there for the cake. But here's the thing. The teenagers said, preach it. Come on, girl. Stop. Y'all, y'all trying to get me to preach today. Have you ever been tempted to drink and then you remember that time you got drunk and that taste and you're like, Mm-mm. no, it ain't even worth all that. Or you remember that alcoholism ran in your family and you remembered what it was like to watch a family member do X and you're like, the desire is gone. Or, or you're really the thought of the thought of of looking at something that you shouldn't online is there, but then when you thought about the possibility of getting caught, the desire went away. So, in order for sin to exist, there has to be a uh, there has to be a temptation, there has to be a desire, and here's the third thing: there has to be time to do it. Have you ever got ready? You've been at work, and you're like, I need a drink. And then you're like, but they fire us for drinking on the job. I'm tempted. I have a desire, but there ain't time for it. Or you stump your toe at grandma's house and you are tempted to cuss. You have a desire to cuss, but it ain't the right time. Can I get an amen from somebody? It still ain't a table of sin. You smash your finger with a hammer alone on the back porch. You are tempted to cuss. You have a desire to cuss. I don't know why cussing makes us feel better. But you know what? I am by myself. It ain't going to hurt nobody but me. So I am just going to let it fly. And now I eat from the table of sin. I have a desire to watch pornography. Or a temptation, I have a desire, and I'm alone. I have a desire, I'm tempted, and I'm at a family reunion. Come on, unless if you're from certain parts of our state that sound like West Virginia, you're not going to do that. Apologize to everybody from West Virginia, but it was funny. Does this this make any sense to you? Is that that God God says this, He said, man, the, the, the enemy likes to tempt people. But the devil cannot make you. 
And I know I taught this analogy last week, but honestly, I'm going to teach this analogy every time because I think it gives freedom for people. Because, man, I'm tempted and I even want to do it. I know so many people that goes, will you pray that God will take the, the desire away from me to do X? And I'm like, no. I really won't pray that for you. Because God doesn't want to make it easy. We're built for hard things. Can I just say that? You're built to do things that your body doesn't naturally want to do. I don't want to go to the gym. Like, I never go, hey, I got to go to the gym today. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to feel better if I go to the gym. I'm going to... I'm going to, it's going to lead me where I want to go long term. It's going to make me healthier. I'm not going to get yoked or for people to pat me on the back. I'm going because I don't want to be old and fat and not be able to get out of bed. It's totally self-absorbed. Hey, I listen, I followed Jesus because hell was hot and it was real. It wasn't for a noble or a cause. That was how it's, now it's grown into something I feel like hopefully a little bit more noble. But does this make any sense? So today, um, we're going to look at Jesus. Uh, I am going to drink a little bit of coffee. I'm fighting a little bit of a head cold, so here we go. In Matthew 4, I'm going to teach chapter one, uh, chapter 4, 1 through 11, uh, and I'm going to teach it fairly quick. But, um, but it says this, it said, Jesus was led up with the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. First of all, I want you to pay attention uh, that everywhere you go that's dark does not mean that you've walked away from God. Sometimes God's got to walk you into dark places so that you find out who He is. And can I say this? Sometimes God lets you go, go through dark places so you can find out who you are. We were built for hard things. Our society has made us soft. God said this. You know why we fast? It's not because not eating makes you somehow more holy. But telling your body that you tell it what to do, not the other way around. That, that your spirit has to be stronger than your flesh. That's why we fast. Doesn't give you special access to God. God doesn't hear your prayer just because you stopped eating Big Macs. God hears your prayer whether you got French fries in your mouth or not. But it's about you. It's about you intentionally drawing close to God and making your flesh sit down so that your spirit can stand up. So Scripture says this, that Jesus was led, He's getting ready to start His ministry. He's led into the desert. And uh, we know this, that a lot of people mistake the Scripture. It says He led... That Jesus was led up uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. Now notice God did not tempt him. Uh, James chapter 1 verse 13 says that God does not tempt us. But God will allow you to be tempted. I know people that go, uh, God made me sick so I'd slow down. God does not make you sick. Sickness came as part of the fall of man. I can take you to Genesis and prove it. But when you don't fall, when you don't rest... God will allow you to be sick because a sheep that won't lay down in a green pasture, Psalm says 23, that He will make us lie down in green pastures. He will allow something to happen so you have to slow down. It's not His will. He'd rather you just stop and honor Him with one day of the week. I'll preach, Pastor. Um, but if not, He's like, okay. And so just like with Job, God says, hey, have you considered my servant X for X? Hey, let's give them a test and see if they pass it. Hey, you test them. You tempt them. And I'm going to provide a way of escape. Let's see who they listen to. Uh, I was working at a church one time, uh, and this lady went to our church. Her name was Matrice. Uh, and we at Williams, we were actually laughing about this a couple weeks ago. And I was doing a series similar to this. And um, I set her kids down in a room with a video camera. And I put all these M&Ms out in front of them. And I said, um, 
don't eat these M&Ms. And they were little kids. And then I left the room when we videoed to see what they would do. Well, what we needed them to do was disobey us. She had four kids, I think. None of them would do it. Or great abuse. I mean, correction. Uh, you know, no, I'm just kidding. I, that was a joke because they, they're very God-honoring people. And their kids are grown, so nobody called DSS. Because um, they, they really are great parents. And so finally I walked in and, and I'm like, man, how do I get these kids? So then I started trying to bait the kids into doing them. I'm like, well, you know, even though I told you not to, what would happen if you just ate one? And that their oldest boy looked at me and said, it wouldn't be right. Well, that ain't working. Huh. And I'm like, well, you know, I haven't counted these. So if I got up and left the room and you decided to have one, nobody would know. And I got up and left. And he still didn't eat one. And finally I had to go, hey, can you eat one of these on camera? Just so, and he said, no, because you told me not to. And then I'm like, if I bring your mama in here and have her tell you it's okay, and finally we got him to eat one, right? <laughs> so here's what I figured out. The devil can't make you eat the M&M. He can only tempt you to eat the M&M. So Jesus is in the desert, and he's about to be tempted to eat M&M. So why do we say M&M? Because the, the, a kid's greatest weakness, when I was a kid, my greatest weakness was candy. So can I be honest? Sometimes it's good. Um, but the enemy attacks us in these areas. Let's go to verse 2. It says, And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. No freaking joke. <laughs> after 40 minutes on a fast, I am hungry. Anybody ever declared a fast? You get up from the Golden Corral buffet, stuffed, and you declare a fast. By the time you get to the car, you're hungry. Maybe I'm by myself. I got two people agreeing with it. So whenever I read this scripture, I always read that Jesus was in his weakest point. I've even heard it preached this way. So like, um, um, scripture says that we all have a sin that so easily besets us. You, we all have a default sin that we go to. Some people it's anger. Some people it's alcohol. Some people it's it's uh, depression. Some people right like like there are a thousand different different weaknesses that you could have that and they're all different but they're all a similar default mechanism right and so so the author writes and says man we all have this thing that we default to and so when i read this and even every time i've ever heard it preached people go man the devil attacked jesus when he was at his physical and spiritual weakest point i disagree with that um i think he was at his physical point weakest point but he just spent 40 days praying alone with God, his father. Like, I did the Shekinah glory of God fall? Like, I don't know. Like, it's not even recorded. But like, Jesus spent 40 days hanging out with his heavenly father and then was tempted, right? That's what scriptures taught us. So he's physically weak, but spiritually strong. Sometimes I'm physically strong, but spiritually weak. How will the devil attack me? Spiritually. But if I'm spiritually strong and physically weak, how will the devil attack me? I mean, you see what I'm saying? He's going, he is hitting the weakest point, but I don't think Jesus was spiritually weak in this moment. I think He was spiritually, He was on like steroids 
And I sit there and I go, one of the reasons that it is important for us to keep our physical and spiritual self on point is because it gives the enemy less place to attack us. Because the devil never really attacks you with like the real thing. He always attacks you with like the fake version of what you're looking for. Matter of fact, if we read this, verse 3 says, if you're the son of God. Oh, sorry. Verse 3 said, and the tempter came to him. And then later in verse 3, it says, if you're the son of God, command. Well, first of all, if. Would you be here if I wasn't? Well, let me ask you a question. Does the enemy come to you and say, if you were really this, then you'd be like this? You know, if you're really a Christ follower, you wouldn't say stuff like that. If you were really a good mama, you you wouldn't lose your cool like that. If you're really a good dad, you wouldn't have those thoughts. If you were really a good... See, we think this is new, but if you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, I'm just going to pull some lines from the the exchange between Adam and Eve and the snake, right? Verse 3 says, which we know was Lucifer, it said, did God really say? You certainly won't die. Whatever God said isn't really true. It's kind of true. Because here's the thing, the devil doesn't lie to you. He only gives you half the truth. He says this, God knows that when you eat from the tree, you'll know things that you've never known before. Yeah, sin. You are, we were never designed to carry sin. And then the last thing he says, like God, you will be able to tell the difference between good and evil. Yeah, I'd rather not. I would rather only know good. So when you... When when I read this, I couldn't help but think about bass fishermen. Any bass fishermen in the house? Um, you're wearing a Bass Pro hat, dude. For real, raise your hand. Like you should have been. Thank you. Like if if not, you're lying about something, right? Either take the hat off, we'll give you a Thrive hat, or raise your hand when I ask about it. So if you don't know much, I'm just saying I got to call some people out. Uh, if you're first time visiting, please come back. Um, <laughs> I've got a gift, folks. I'm just telling. So. If you ever watch bass fishermen fish, um, a lot of times they'll fish with worms. And um, so I lived. In, I live in North Carolina. I've lived in all southern states my entire life. I fished most of my life, and um, they make purple fishing lures that look like worms. Now I just want to ask you a question: Where in North Carolina have you seen a purple worm or a purple snake? They don't exist, to my knowledge. We've got orange ones. I'm not sure. We, we're, we're covered with orange night crawlers and snakes. So somewhere, there's a bass doing whatever bass do, hanging out in the lake, and this purple worm goes by, and this bass, knowing it's fake, knowing it's not the real thing, decides to hit it anyway. And I could not help but think, that is a dumb bass. Do you want to know the truth? Your dumb bass will get you in trouble every time. Because sometimes we make dumb bass decisions. We decide to take the bait that the enemy throws out. See, I say it because you're going to remember it, right? Now you're going to be like, I can't believe the preacher said dumb bass. Be sure to put a lot of B on that, right? but I want it to stick with you that when you fall for temptation, you're always falling for a counterfeit version of what God really has for you. You're smarter than a bass by far. You are smart enough to realize that when the enemy comes to tempt you, 
that it's not real. You can't have you can't have real relationships with the thing the devil wants to create. Online stuff doesn't work. All the stuff that people are doing online and you can just use your imagination from one end to the other is not filling the hole that's really in their heart for relationship. Alcohol does not alcohol numbs temporarily what God wants to heal permanently. You know, drugs don't give you the same high that Jesus gives you. I'm going to tell you what, I lived a wild life before Jesus, but part of the reason I could break that addiction was the high I found from from loving people and serving God was way better than anything I could find in a bottle or in a roll. And so I'm like, man, what what if we pick up what Jesus did? So Jesus is there, the tempter comes and says, if you're if you're what you say you are, why do we try to spend so much of our life proving to people that don't matter what we are? I spent so much of my ministry trying to prove to people that I was this, this, or this, and one day the Lord looked at me and said, hey, are you trying to impress them or me? And that was a moment when I quit caring what anybody thought. I say weird stuff. I say stuff that makes people go, what? Because I want, Jesus did it all the time. He would, he would say stuff and they're like, you can't say that, Jesus. He's like, just did. So here's the thing, if you're the Son of God, I love what Jesus replies with this. But then He, Jesus, answered, it is written, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, here's the reality. Jesus knew, now He's quoting everything He's going to quote from the Old Testament because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. He was the New Testament, right? So here's the thing. Jesus knew this. I can wear you out with just a couple of Scriptures. See, everybody wants to go, I don't know enough Bible. I'm like, you know one verse, you know enough. If I know that Jesus loved me, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Man, I can't do that because I'm not destined to perish. Man, I can't do that because Jesus loves me. How can I, how can I be a sinner and a saint at the same time? Because Jesus loves me. How can I, does this make sense? Man, man you, can, you don't have to know a lot to live victorious. See, I know people that have wrestled with the same sin for 30 years and God's like, man, just take one of the table legs off. Get you one scripture and change the desire. Get one scripture and save the timing. The psalmist said this, flee sin. Run from it. Man, I got temptation and I got desire. This really goofed the camera people up. So I changed my location so I didn't have time. Does this make any sense? Like you can can live a life that's free from sin and Jesus knew that. He said, man... It's not, you, you, you're not going to live by bread alone. It's not what you put in your mouth that's, gonna, that's really going to change your life, but every word that comes from God. And then he goes on and he says this, uh, in verse 5 it said, Then the devil took him to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they'll bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Because here's the thing, if you don't stay in the Word of God, the devil will twist what you know about the Word of God. Man, I, I and I'm probably going to step on some people's toes, I don't really care. Um, anytime you read one Scripture that puts you in violation of another Scripture, you've interpreted one of the two of them wrong. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. That's why, that's why people come to me all the time, they're like, what do you think about women preachers? You know, 2 Timothy, Paul says... You know, that women are to remain silent in church. First of all, women can't remain silent anywhere. I don't mean that. No, 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 no. I don't mean that as an insult. Some of the smartest people I know are women. Can I get an amen? 
Some of y'all better be glad you married smart women because they increased your IQ by a minimum of 100 points. And if you married a dumb woman, that's an indictment against you, not her. (laughs) Who asked who, right? But here's the thing. The, The second person to ever declare the deity of Jesus in the temple was Anna, which was a woman. Paul writes, the same Paul who wrote 2 Timothy writes and says... And remember my co-laborers, and he's speaking, of, when you look at that, he's talking about co-pastors in a church, and he names three women plus some men. A better interpretation of 2 Timothy is when, when Paul writes, these women had sat under, under uh, Roman influence so long that they had begun to emasculate men. Oh my God, does this sound familiar to our culture? And now you had men that had become the, the subservient version of manhood and begun to take on women female characteristics in all of society, including the church. So now the women were running church and culture and the house and everything else. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. On one hand, I want to indict these dudes. But on the second, if my wife looked at me and said, hey, honey, I'm going to start fixing stuff when it's broken around the house. I'm just going to be straight with you. I'm going to let her. If she looked at me and said, hey, I'm going to do that and go to work and I make bank, you don't have to. I might let her. I don't care where it comes from. We only got one checking account. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. If she came home from that Mac Daddy job and said, Honey, I'm going to start mowing the yard. Okay. Amen. If she hears a bump in the night rather than waking me up, she grabs the Glock and goes around the house. I'm just going to listen for gunfire and roll over. I'm okay with it. But what I would have done was stepped out of my role as a man, protector, provider, and stepped into a female role of protected and provided for. I, we, our house would be out of order. I'm not saying if you're a stay-at-home dad, you're sinning. I'm just saying that, that men need to step up and be men. And when Paul walked into a church and saw a bunch of women that were stepping into an office that they shouldn't have, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. The counter to this, all the women need to sit down and be quiet. Guys, learn how to be men. But we're going to do a retreat this year, and I'm going to take a group of men with us, and we're going to speak into manhood. And it is not going to be easy. Like if you if you are just like wanting to play a part, stay home. It ain't going to be cheap, and it ain't going to be easy. It's it's going to test you mentally, physically, and spiritually. It's going to be the point of it. It's going to be hard. You're going, we're going to ask you to do hard things. You're going to want to quit. But you got more in you than what you real. And we're not going to kill you. I mean, we got medics there. Um, and you'll sign a release. Either way. Um, but the point of it is, is, is Jesus steps into this place and He's like, man, I, there's more in you than what you think is in you. And the only way you know is under the pressure of trial and temptation. And people go, man, I, I want God to take this temptation away. God said, man, I don't want to take the temptation away. What I want you to do is figure out that you can walk through temptation. Remember the, 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 the servant Job? Now, I, People say, I'm having a Job moment. No, you're not. So you lose seven, like seven, was seven kids and seven wives. And what, what if you've got seven wives? We need to talk. It can be a Job-like moment. But there's already been a Job. We don't need another one. But I will say this. The end of Job, he gets seven times everything the devil stole back because he went through the temptation. He was, why don't you curse God and die? There's a wife for you. So what his wife said, his wife looked at him and goes, man, why don't you curse? And he's like, no, 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 that's not Scripture. 
If you look at how Jesus dealt with temptation, it's the same way we do. Man, one, you're going to go through hard things, but two, you have to you have to fight it, knowing the word of God, so that the devil can't. Do, the devil doesn't lie to us; he just twists stuff. So he throws the scripture at Jesus that doesn't even match what God was even talking about. And then Jesus' response, I love it. He said this. Jesus said to him, it's written again, you idiot. I added that last part in. You shall not put the Lord your God to a test. Man, you got to know what you know. You don't have to prove anything to anybody or the devil. I know what, here's what the Word of God said. I really don't care what anybody else says about it. How many genders are there? Two. In the beginning, God created them male and female. Well, if your science interpretation tells you anything different, you're twisting, you're twisting science and scripture. Stop it. You're just full of well, well, you're never going to convince people. I don't have to. I don't have to convince you. I'm, if you want to say the earth is flat, go for it. I went on a cruise. We didn't fall off. Is it like you feel me? I don't have to, if somebody goes, I don't believe in gravity. I'm like, hey, go on the building and jump, cuz. Like, I'll pray for you when you hit the ground. Like, I don't have to prove it to you because I know it. What if you said this? What if you took the attitude of Jesus? You're just like, look, I've had enough of the devil in my life. I'm going to stop taking the bait. I, lo- I love this next thing. Um, um, after Jesus looks at him and tells him not to test God, verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Now Jesus came to earth so that he could reunite people with God. And so that those people that were reunited with God would worship him for the sacrifice that he made. Is that fair? The devil just said, man, I'll give it all to you. Matter of fact, if you'll just worship me, I will clear out of earth. So what he tempted him with. And I love Jesus' response. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan! Exclamation point. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Then the devil left, and the angels came to him and ministered to him. Now I want you to think about this. Let's go back to verse 10. He says this, And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. Now, this is open to interpretation. Did he go like, Be gone, Satan? No. Which version of Jesus was this? Was this Jesus full of compassion and, and, and love? And, or was this like flip the table Jesus? Yeah, that's the one. See, people forget that, that, that Jesus was raised on earth by carpenter. Jesus was blue collar. Jesus had a little, a little, a little ghetto. He had a little trailer in him. You know what I'm talking about? Like he had a little. I mean, we can go out back if you want to. Like, may not be your best option, but if it's the one you want to take, we can go. Right? You ever known people that'll throw hands? They're like, look, it is what it is. And the guys who didn't get real upset when it came time to throw hands were the guys who'd done it enough. It wasn't that big a deal. Jesus looked at him and goes, whoa, 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 in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Would you forget, Satan, 
is in the beginning we made man in our image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I wasn't just born in December. When you got thrown out, I helped throw you out. So like, I think it's time you got the heck out of here before I get really angry with you. Because I threw you once and you fell from heaven to earth. If I throw you from here, you're not going to like where you land. Do you hear the authority that's in this? He said, and then I told him, be gone. I don't care where you're going, but you ain't staying here. Let me ask you a question. Where's that tenacity in your rebellion against Satan? Look, I'm a son of God. I am a daughter of God. All authority, Jesus said, was given to us. Is that not what he said? Well, say, don't make, don't, don't make me do it. Don't make me. Because like, Jesus sent a bunch of your boys to some pigs, and they ran, because even pigs are smart enough to kill themselves if they're demonically, I'm just saying. They don't even want to hang out with the demons. And they're pigs. They roll around in mud and poop. No, no, no. When you get tired of rolling around in mud and poop, you'll tell Satan where to go. Not by your authority, but by the same Jesus that threw you out of heaven, I'm throwing you out of my house. I'm throwing you out of my heart. I'm throwing you out of my actions. I'm throw- this makes it, you can tempt me. You can even, I can even have a desire, but I ain't going to give you the time of day. Here's the idea. Have you ever seen a really cute guy? Ladies? And there's part of you that found him attractive but you knew he was a player, so he had to go? You had temptation, desire, but you weren't going to give him the time of day? Guys, you ever see that really smoking hot girl, but you knew she's a little bit of a hooch? I mean, I, that was the better, best option I had in my head. I'm just going to be honest. So you decided to let it go? Desire, temptation, but you didn't give it time. Here's my thing. When are you going to stop giving devil the time? And break free from Him. And it's one of the reasons it's so important to come to church. It's one of the reasons it's so important to be plugged into your faith. It's one of the reasons it's important to be plugged into Scripture. Because I'm tired of watching people take the bait of Satan. Because at the end of the Scripture, in verse 11, it says this, and angels came and ministered to him. Why? Because from the fight, I've never been in a fight that I haven't carried a little bit of something home. Whenever you come through a fight, it's always because God wants to take you into a bigger promise but you're always going to learn something from the fight. Jesus, after this major encounter with Satan, launches his ministry. See, what we want to think is every time we go through a temptation, it's because God is mad at us. What God's really trying to do is birth something through you by teaching you that you're more than an overcomer. So today my prayer as we close is this is that those of us that are facing temptations, maybe it's a temptation you've had for 60 years, this is the moment where God is going to bring you freedom. The temptation is going to be there. The desire may even be there. But you're going to stop giving the devil the time because you're going to take authority over your own life in Jesus' name. You receive this today? Every head down. If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm here. Uh, man, I'm saved, but I've just been struggling with some stuff, man. I, I, I've, I've, been, I've been taking the bait for far too long. If that's you, just slip your hand up. We're just going to pray. I just want to pray over you. Father, for every hand that's up, Father, right now, I just break the bonds of Satan in Jesus' name. Father, I, I just break temptation. God, I break desire. I break time.
Father, we break whatever leg of that table needs to be broke, God, for them to have freedom. God, you said whom the Son sets free in Jesus' name is free indeed. So, Father, we speak freedom from pornography, from from addiction, from from sin, God, from anger, God, from depression. God, we, we break the yokes of bondage off of people's life. You said in Isaiah and echoed it in the Gospels that you came to set people free. So, Father, we echo that right now. Not by our authority, but by the name of Jesus, which there is no name higher. If you're here today, we, we don't want you to leave without giving you an opportunity to know Jesus. If you're here and you say, man, Pastor, I'm here, but, but I don't know God. You slip your hand up. We just want to pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. Can we pray together across this building? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for these hands that went up. Can we just pray together? Dear Jesus, Right now, I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my sins. As many as they are, cover them under the blood. Scripture says, you died for me while I was still a sinner. Jesus, I'm still a sinner. But right now, I'm saved by grace. In Jesus' name. Everybody just give Jesus a shout of praise right now. Just come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. I'm just going to tell you this. This week, I don't know what our online is, but this week in-house, we've had three people come to know Jesus. I don't know if it's for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Maybe they wandered away. I don't know. Three people come to know Jesus. We had um, uh, some folks that, are, that, that, that spent probably 30 minutes with our online host this morning just praying through stuff. Man, I want to let you know that God is healing situations, that God is setting people free, that God is still on the move. You live in a dark world, but a bright Jesus is shining. And He wants to shine in and through you. And the least time we spend taking the bait, the more time we can spend making Jesus famous. You know what I'm saying? Because we'll stop. Yeah, come on, man. So, man, we love you. I can't wait till next week. Next week, uh, we're actually going to have a little SpongeBob in the message. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to miss it. It's actually really good. Uh, so, uh, come on, man. SpongeBob and Jesus. That's how we roll. I love you. I'll see you next week. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.